Welcome to the Sports and Torts Podcast, your go-to podcast for entertaining conversations on sports, law, and business. This podcast is powered by the J. Stein Law Firm, a personal injury law firm in Atlanta, Georgia. And now, here is your host, Joshua Stein. What's up, everybody? How are we doing today? The sun is out. Spring is here. Baseball is in the air, I believe, guys. Don't y'all think so, too? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Times are good. Uh, let's talk some baseball. Got some great baseball men here in the house today. We've got Josh Grenad, who y'all might remember from last year. We talked some Brave, talked some MLB. Welcome back, my friend. Happy to be here, man. And we've got directly from MLB studio, MLB network, my man, Casey Collins. How we doing, buddy? Good, buddy. Good to be here. Uh, pumped for this. I'm pumped for a lot of things. This is my favorite time of year. I love when the, the, the weather outside turns. Spring training, people making, teams making their way north, and um, it's just a good time to be alive. Yep. Agreed. 80 degrees outside? That's it. it really is springtime. Let's do this. So this is going to air uh, next Wednesday. Um, opening day is what day? Thursday. So we are going to be the day before opening day. Talk about just like being ready, ready to rock and roll. We're on it. Yeah. We excited right. about the Brave season. How are we feeling going in? Let's jump right into it. Casey, how how you feel just rolling into the season? I mean, I think they've got everything they need to win it again. Um, you know, you look at shortstop and and back into the bullpen. There's a few things we'll talk about in a little while, but they've got everything they need to to win the league, to win the division again for sure. Six years in a row, they've won the NL East. I believe that is correct. Yeah, lucky seven. Josh, how, what's your headspace going into this season? We'll see who wants to step up in terms of the clubhouse leadership. You know, you've kind of had a succession of uh, Freddie and Dansby leaving, and you've got to have somebody that's going to lead in there. But I think uh, position by position, super solid. Rotation's looking good. Uh, I'm, I'm ready to watch them play. So last year, the talk in the offseason and, and during our podcast was all about Freddie being gone and, you know, Matt Olson stepping in. Uh, this year, we're running through the same thing. Team leader, Dansby, gone. Um, you know, say what you will, Dansby's been great. Um, he's, he's streaky up and down, but he's been great. It's going to be a big loss. What do we think? Like, what, what, did you, what was y'all's reaction to, like, the whole contract negotiations, him going, him leaving in the Cubs? Yeah, I'll lead with this. I love Dansby Swanson. Great dude, uh, great leader in the clubhouse. He plays an amazing defensive shortstop and uh, has come around with the hitting. The way the contract played out, I think the Braves did the right thing. Uh, the AA has had a, I won't say a policy, but of not going too far with these guys in terms of length of the uh, of the contracts with these older guys. And you know, Dansby's approaching what 29 years old and getting into the back half of that as a shortstop and still being able to be elite. Uh, Cubs Cubs gave him what he wanted. Good for him. Uh, hope he enjoys it. Casey. And to, to piggyback on Josh there, you know, the fact that his wife plays professional soccer in Chicago obviously helped that decision for him. Uh, I think AA kind of pushed in that direction, not wanting to go as high as the Cubs did with, with the money. But I'm probably not as big a Dansby fan as, as you guys are. Um, defensively, love the kid, but I would get frustrated with his strikeouts and his streaky hitting. Uh, coincidentally, he put it in together on a on a contract year, all you know, all the way around. But I can remember Josh last April, you and I talking, you know, and he was off to a horrid start to plate about you know how frustrated we were with him. And uh, lo and behold, you know, May first, and his his bat takes off. So he's just that kind of guy. I think he's just going to be a streaky player at the plate, uh, and you have to accept that. Um, so I think last year was was a fluke, to be honest with you, uh, the last three months of the year, um, hitting that consistently because he had not proved that his first uh, four-plus years with the Braves. Yeah, and, t- and time will tell what the next seven years look like. Um, I, I agree that, that AA did it right. I think five – I mean, Casey, you read something. But I think 5-1-10, 5-1-15 is kind of what I was been reading, and maybe that sixth year got him a little bit higher. But um, – Look, good on Dansby. Good on his agent. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I I don't fault him one second for going to grab that money. Um, it's funny that you brought up the wife in Chicago. We said the same thing about Freddie's wife. Right. I mean, it just, yeah. I mean, you know, say what you will. I mean, it's uh, it is what it is. But um, we were talking before we before we uh, before we record about what his role in Chicago's lineup will be. In case you said he might be their number three hitter. I mean, is there anybody else in that lineup that's gonna, you know? Strike fear in, in an opposing pitcher? Not when we went through it. Um, 
so yeah, I mean, right now he's looking at number hitting number two, which is for us, of, of course, as well. But uh, he'll he'll enjoy playing in Chicago. They're going to like him there. You know, Braves track records in Chicago. Insert Jason. You know, uh, Hayward didn't end up end up well, but you know he got paid. He got he got paid. Um, so the big news recently uh, is is going to be the decision the Braves made about his replacement. Shortstop Bonanza the, over this offseason, money was being crazy thrown around, big names. We, all, we were all hoping the Braves might find themselves in the mix. One of them, they didn't. Um, so we all anointed you know, Vaughn Grissom as the next guy. As of, the ta- as of this taping, he is, he's been sent down, as well as Brandon Shoemake. So um, Orlando Arcia announced the starting short, shortstop. Josh, what do you think? We trust NAA, right? Um, I don't like it, to be honest. Uh, I thought Grissom had a good spring, if you look at his numbers. Um, didn't really get to see a lot of the defensive play, and if they see anything there. Uh, Shoemake, heard nothing but great stuff about him. I mean, I, I find it hard to believe that one of those guys shouldn't be on the roster. Um, and and uh, nothing against Arcia. Arcia is good in spurts. He's been good in spurts, and he has shown when he is in the lineup consistently that those spurts kind of fall down the way, right? So... We'll see what he does. Um, you know, they make decisions pretty quick. You know, I don't if he struggles and, and really just can't get the job done, whether it's offensively or defensively, there'll be some changes made. And I fully expect to see one or both of them up at some point early in the season. I think that we automatically assume that Arcia is just some 10-year veteran guy. The guy's 28 years old. You know, he's been around since he was 21 and a half or 22 with the Brewers. Um, had a couple of good years and just kind of didn't do any any better than he than he had been doing. He didn't didn't progress, so they shipped him off and, and AA jumped on him when he, when the price was right. Uh, I think Arcia can hit. Uh, I think his defense on an everyday um, basis is un, unknown, so we'll we'll find out pretty quick. I think that he was the safest choice, honestly, guys. I think that he gave some flexibility to the roster. He gave some flexibility to – we always talk about roster management. Um, and I think that, that that's what happened here. I think that Grissom had to blow the other – had to blow him away. Had to blow RCA away defensively, offensively. You mentioned his numbers in spring. He hit over 300. 371. 370. 371, yeah, and, and played pretty good defense. So I don't think that Grissom lost the job. I think it was a matter of, hey, if we bring Grissom up, we're going to play him every day, right? Like he's not going to come and sit on the bench or platoon because he's a young guy. He needs a development. Well, Same, let's go back to – Well, he would never even been up last year if not for injury, right? I mean, he's, he was totally on a double-A to get up – to where he was last year. So this is way still way ahead of schedule. He's still 22 years old. Yeah. So uh, sky's the limit for him. I mean, he, he, he will be back up. So I think that had he made the roster, the odd man out becomes the Adrianza, who is now, I think, out of options. you got to cut him. He's gone. Um, and so I think what the, the – the, maybe I'm wrong, but as I understand it, so I think what, what the Braves are looking at, they're saying, you know, before pitch one is thrown, before we start the season, like why would we start losing players? Let's put the two in, in the minors. To your point, they can bring them up whenever the hell they want, and they're not afraid to do that. So give give RC the chance. Have Adrian's on the roster. Casey, I know you have some questions about what his role is ever going to be in, in a new kind of American League type setup, but that, that's where I'm at. I think R.C. had to fall on his face in spring training in order to not be the guy coming out of it, apparently. You know, that that was the plan behind closed doors is how it kind of reads out. Because what what uh, Grissom did, and even Shoemaker, Shoemaker hit, what, 340 this mm-hmm. spring? Um, both of them played good defense. They did everything they asked him to do, early drills and, and everything. And Arcia just did what he does, and, and he's hit two or three home runs this spring and played good defense. So – he didn't lose the job. You know, it was his to begin with is, what, is the way I read this situation. Um, the Adrianza thing is interesting because he's on a minor league contract. He can opt out of himself if he doesn't make the team, and then you're left with, with nothing. So they saw him as some, as some value to not letting him walk. Uh, an inexpensive be- uh, bench piece uh, can play corner outfield, second, short, Third, probably don't want him playing short a lot at his age and range, but uh, I think more value on a on a old National League team than a current National League team. But Snickers an old National League manager, so maybe that's what he likes to have around. Yeah, old habits die hard. We mentioned Freddie already. Um, 
you know, him coming through Atlanta last year, the tears, the whole, the, the whole thing. It's like, come on, Freddie, man, en- enough was enough. But are, are we over him? I mean, it, it's been a year now. He's been wearing Dodger blue. We've got Matt Olson. Are, are we over Freddie? <laughs> I think so. Um, you know, if you'll recall, the news broke while we were taping last year of uh, the Matt Olson signing. Yeah. And, you know, at the time, uh, totally, un- not, I shouldn't say unexpected, but we're like, oh, my gosh, we're losing our guy. Right. Uh, to see him come through and watch him for a season in Dodger blue again, wish him the best, just like Dansby. But I love some Matt Olson. Well, let's talk about Matt Olson because he was a little bit unknown commodity last year. I mean, you hear of him in Oakland, you see his stats, of course, he's an Atlanta guy, but a hand up. I didn't see five major league bats of his before he came here last year. We've now had a full season, a full, a full sample size. Josh, what's your take on Olson? Uh, I thought he started off struggling a little bit, um, came around towards the end in terms of uh, a little more consistency. I think he had some pressure on him being a local Atlanta guy, uh, wanted to perform, but um, loved the way he plays. Uh, it's quite confidence. I think that bodes well for a lot of the younger players that are around him. Um, you know, defensively, he's going to give you a, a plus defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think that's good. And, you know, in today's game, 240 with 34 home runs uh, is – I don't want to say par for the course, but kind of an expectation. I mean, I'd love to see that average up 30, 40 points. Well, Casey, you think that 240 average is going to go up a bunch? Yeah, yeah man. With the shift rules, where they are, he's going to have, oh, gosh, 35 more hits this year than he had last year. We've already seen it in spring training. Yeah. I mean, we've already seen it. And I think that of all the folks in our lineup, he's going to benefit the most from the defensive oh, sure. changes. And that 240, once that becomes 270, those RBIs become 115. Yeah. Um, those home runs start getting easier to come by too. Like he could have a monster, monster year. He's a doubles machine too. Um, but he was on a record pace through yeah. uh, All Star break last year. Yeah, I mean the dude just hits. He ended up with like fifty something doubles, yeah. didn't he? Yeah. I think he's. I think he's going to be the one that breaks out. Um, Josh, you love Ross, uh, lineup construction. That's something that you're into. Um, I, I have a sneaky feeling that you've got some strong. Uh, positions about where Matt Olson should hit in the lineup. Well, and he's been hitting second, and I'm not a huge fan of that. I'd like to see him hitting behind Riley, to be honest. I'd love to have Austin Riley protected right there um, by Olson. And I like to have a two-hole guy. Maybe I'm an old National League guy, Casey, but I like to have the two-hole guy with an average that's going to get on base. Now, I understand you got a Cunha in front of you, mm-hmm. and you want to have somebody protecting that bat as well. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, you know, they tinkered with this with Freeman, too, uh, over times uh, later in Freeman's career with the Braves, and it seemed to work out pretty well. Well, my opinion is with the new rules where they are, and you can't have two infielders or two – you can't have more than two infielders on one side of second base. If you got a Cunha on first – and Olsen at the plate hitting second, there's a gaping hole on the right side every single time. And I think that's just a huge advantage. And they're going to try and take advantage of it. And maybe he gets another extra bat or two a week because he's hitting second and not sure. fourth. Um, but, man, I think you you got to put a lefty in. It's two-hole. Which is, if you go back and look at, like, 80s and 70s baseball, you had a lot of left-handed bats hitting second. And it was because you had prolific leadoff hitters. And, mm-hmm. and that's uh, – Again, old school snicker um, reconstructing his lineup to take advantage of, of the of the modern rule changes. Uh, I think that's totally what that is. Him hitting second, I could be wrong. That's just my opinion. So I, I have this vision of Michael Harris hitting second, Agreed. and just just Acuna Harris let them just run wild. You can see guys on first and third for then if you want to hit Riley third, put Olsen fourth, whatever you want to do it. Like I kind of see that as yeah. a, as a play. I um, agree with that. Le- just a lefty is all I, I mean. It, a good lefty hitting second, um, I'd be totally fine with Harris hitting second. I under, I just understand why they're hitting Olsen second. I don't think Michael Harris's name was brought up on our podcast last year. No. Never heard of him. Which is amazing <laughs> that he now has has did he win rookie of the year? Was rookie it, of the year. He, yeah. 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 I don't know if he or Emmer Strider won it. Shame on me for not remembering that. But rookie of the year, seventy million dollar contract, one of the most beloved Braves, and we didn't know who he was. 365 days ago. Stockbridge, Georgia. Stockbridge, Georgia. Grisham Park. Uh, I love him. He's everything I like to see in a baseball player. I know that he's your kind of guy, too. No, that's a great point, man. Uh, who's Michael Harris? I mean, that's exactly right. what it would have been if we had gone through the lineup construction then. I uh, know I would love to see him in that two-hole, but anywhere you put him, he's going to be dynamic. And what's going to be interesting between like him and Acuna and even Ozzy is, and we'll get into the rules later, but 
the way that the stolen base is going to impact the way the Braves ultimately construct the lineup as the season progresses. Because I want speed. You know, we, we're going we're gonna to go, we're going to go. But um, now Michael Harris and his defense is just – it's run-saving. It's awesome. It's Andrew Jones style. Josh, who, what, what is your lineup versus a left-handed pitcher if you are a snicker filling out a card? I don't know that I would change it that much. You might flip a guy here. Even with Ozzie's splits? Well, Ozzie, I mean, where, where's he hitting now? Well, let's, let, let's transition to Ozzie because I feel like it, it's been a couple years since we saw, you know, like a full season of Ozzie. Um, love him. He's put up huge numbers. You need him healthy and need him in there for 162. So he's another guy that, you know, you look, you go up and down this lineup, one through nine, and there's guys that are primed to have big years, Ozzy being one of them. I think he's a four, four hole hitter behind Riley versus left handed. Hurt here on sports and torts. <laughs> I mean, you got Ozzy Albee back to clean up. Look, my at man. His, look at his splits versus, versus lefties in his career. Uh, people don't pitch to him because the way he, the way he hits right handed. And I mean, right now they're they're throwing Ozuna in there in spring training, batting fourth behind Riley. I don't like that at all. Um, I don't like Ozuna being on the team. What I mean, do they I do? agree with you. Yep. What do they do with him? I mean, if he does play, he's hitting seventh or lower in, in my book. And he's, you know, I've heard that he has had a better spring. That he did some rehab and strength training on his shoulder mm-hmm. and is throwing the ball better. I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, he's just not a likable guy, right? I mean, the the boo birds that he got last year um, at Truist were almost uncomfortable as a fan to to listen and be a part of. But he he earned those boos, both his on his his on field play and off the field behavior. So, hundred percent. I know that the Braves are stuck with him; they can't eat his what is it twenty million dollars a year contract. But he's also two years removed from being damn near an MVP. <laughs> Hit three thirty that year. The league at RBIs. Well, and he's just in a weird spot in that. You've got uh, a catching situation where one of those two catchers is likely going to be the DH. You've got left fielder, and you know we're going to hope that Rosario can see bounce again. back and actually see the ball, right? Uh, so you've got a seventeen million dollar guy sitting on the bench. Like, what do we, what do we do? You got to you got to find a way to find some at bats for him to give him a chance. Uh, and I hope he does well. I mean, I think we all read everything that I've read is he's doing the right things in spring training, saying the right things. He's put up some good numbers. I think that Snicker gives him every opportunity in the world to earn his contract and play not left field. He's a defensive liability. It's only gonna be, only going to be DH. But I think he runs him out there the first month, and if he's doing okay, keeps playing. If not, I don't think Snicker'd be afraid to just sit him down. Yeah. I mean, you know. When did he win at Gold Gloves at eighteen as a center fielder for the Marlins? Seventeen or eighteen? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's just. That's a lifetime ago. You, 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 <laughs> you mentioned the, the catcher um, platoon. Uh, another guy, Sean Murphy, kind of like Olsen last year. I mean, heard of him. Um, hadn't seen five major league bats of his, but everything you read, he is the guy. It's what happens when you play in Oakland. Yeah. I uh, got to watch him a few times this spring as I've uh, caught some games, and dude has a cannon right on behind him. Big, strong dude. I mean, he actually reminds me a lot of JT Romuto. Um, I think Romuto is like the most polished catcher in the game. Uh, so I, I'm not saying that they're on an equal playing field, but I think if that's the upside, uh, great move by the Braves to get him to sign him long term. I agree. I think with the, the bases being, uh, what, six inches closer this year than they were last year, you try to find every advantage you can. And uh, let's you know, just be honest, the, the Braves catchers the last – Five or six years <laughs> have been brutal at throwing out base yeah. runners. And I know some of that's attributed to the pitchers, holding the runners on and blah, blah, blah. But, man, I mean, to watch Darno one hop a ball at second base, it's like every freaking time he lets go of the ball, you can get on it not, not being where it needs to be when it gets to second base. Defensive upgrade. AA puts a premium on defense in that position, as he said, the reason he made that trade. Um, Real Muto is the comp. I mean, he's not there yet, but that is that is the comp, and he comes at a significantly lower price tag. I mean, you remember a couple of years ago, the Braves were in the they were in the market for him for Real Muto, and it was a huge trade, lots of prospects, you know, nine figure contract. Um, and then here again in AA, we trust he goes and grabs the, the next guy. I mean, I, I liked Contreras. I was kind of surprised when that trade was announced. You kind of were like, okay, well now what's the next domino to come with it? We're always expecting something else to come, but. Look, we'll take Murphy. I think Darno 
is is he the team leader now? I mean, is he the clubhouse guy? Is he the longest tenured? You know, we at, we, we we last year we said with Freddie gone, it's Dansby's team, Lieutenant Dan, Sergeant. Uh, is it Darno's team now? I think Darno, and I think Ozzy. Uh, you know, Ozzy is a really well spoken guy, very thoughtful, um, and I, I think the guys are going to look to him. Uh, you know, as he's out there for the full season, and I'm I'm excited about that. I, I think Ozzy is can step into that and really take some ownership. Um, you know, they got some veteran guys, you know, in the pen and, uh, you know, outfielders as well. But uh, the other thing between Ozzy and Travis, I think we'll be all right. 20 minutes in, and you haven't mentioned your, your bro crush on Austin Riley. Dude, I was waiting for you to get I to mean, it, man. I'm looking at the list. I'm like, can we please get to Austin Riley? <laughs> you know, you're allowed to switch gears. I'm like, <laughs> certainly he's going to work this in somehow or another. Oh, I would have. I would have. I, I expect a huge season from him. Give us a line. What do you think? Uh, 285. 37, 110. So I think that I think that you can pencil that in. Yeah. Um, I think that he's proven now. You know, the first time you do it, second time, he's he's consistently putting those numbers up. He's going to get 600-plus at-bats. You're telling me he's not going to run into 35 baseballs? Um, the shift is going to help him too. So I think 285 is right. I think that he's going to get 100 RBIs. He plays great defense. Um, well, he's got such a I think he's 40 quiet, plus, man. He's got such a quiet swing yeah. that – you know, he's going to be less apt to prolong slumps. I mean, yes, he's a power hitter and he's trying to hit the ball a long way, but he's just, he's, he's got an easy swing uh, that I think is just going to create some consistency for him throughout the year. And he's, and for the fact of the matter, he's going to be surrounded by studs. Like, you're not going to really be able to pitch around him. He's got his money, got his contract, pressure's off, show up every day and just do your job. And I'm looking forward to seeing it. Uh, we also haven't mentioned Acuna yet. Which, you know, you would think you'd lead off with, with Acuna. No, or maybe there's a pun intended. I don't know. But uh, he has shockingly become kind of a lightning rod with differing opinions about people. Di- people having differing opinions about him. Um, which I didn't see that coming either. Casey, what, what is your kind of just position as of, you know, March on uh, late March on, on Ronald Acuna Jr.? I look past all the flamboyance, the the yellow arm sleeve, the the you know the the dancing and the you know mouthing off at the at the ball and the bat and the teammates and all that. If you hit the ball hard, you and you and you and you watch it go a long ways and you, and you and you run, I'm okay with you. Pro, my problem, Ronald Acuna, is he doesn't give you 100% all the time. And if he would just do that, I think he would be easily a top three player in baseball. But because he's lazy, I just said that out loud. Yes, you did. uh, He comes across as a little bit of a prima donna. Put your head down and run. It doesn't cost anything to run. Uh, It's easy to run. Anybody can run. Not everybody can hit a ball 450 feet. So run. Pick your feet up and move. And uh, he just doesn't do that all the time. You watch him in the outfield, he, generational arm, right? But then if the ball's not hit to him, he's not backing up. He's not backing up the center field. He's not backing up first on a pickoff play or, or a, a bunt, you know, the third baseman charging the ball to throw to first. He's just standing out there in right field. Well, that's not the way we were taught. You know, you, you get down the line, you back up because you never know an overthrow. You know, you, you save a base. A base equals a, a game. A game may save your season. The Braves won the won their division last year by a game. Yeah, every game counts. That's right. What do you think, Josh? I think he's still very young, and so much upside that there's so much to root for. Uh, and, and frankly, I mean, I've had an ACL tear myself, and the duration to come back is challenging, and it's a lot of it's mental. And I think that was part of it last year. Um, you know, I, I agree with some of the points that Casey made. Some but, of them? Not all of them? Just some of them. Just some of them. <laughs> Gosh. But, um, no, I, I expect him to to have a big year in the leadoff hole. Uh, I'd like to see his strikeouts come down mm-hmm. um, and, and treat the at-bat more like a leadoff hitter. Uh, but, you know, if, if it's 150 strikeouts traded for 42, 43 home runs. We'll take it. We'll take it. I mean, kind of like Ozzy, right? It's been two full years since we've seen him put together yeah. – 160 plus games to really understand where he's at because the last time he did that he was a 40 40 guy right um when he got hurt his season was going two years ago i mean he was incredible he was incredible he was he was on pace mvp top top two top three whatever Mm -hmm. they might have rushed him back too quick last year 
Um, and I think that, that, that he never quite um, got past that. I make that argument, but then when I see him out in the home run derby doing his thing out there, it's like if you're not back 100%, maybe you don't participate in something like that. Agreed. I didn't really love his, the way he acted in the home run derby either. So I think, to your point, Josh, he's young. He has a lot to learn. The talent, of course, if you have two eyes, you, you see it. It's, it's just different. Um, they ran a simulation for his season this year, assuming he stays healthy. Anybody want to guess what the average was they put on him? 282. Casey, 275. We're all right in the middle. 280 is, is where they had him come out, which, again, take it. I'll take that all, all day. All day long. Um, I'll take that all day. All right. Because he, he does draw walks. Yeah, he does draw walks. You know, um, that's something people don't talk about a lot about him. Is he, he, he'll, take, he'll take a pass. How about his home run numbers they simulated? 38. We're assuming he plays 160 games. Yeah. I think he can get over 40. Again, y'all are splitting the bait. Did y'all look this up beforehand? Um, 39. 39. Um, he was 43, I think, a couple years ago. I mean, again, if, if he gets 600 bats, he's going to hit 39 home runs. He just is. Yeah. Um, RBIs. Out of the leadoff spot, 85. That's a good number. Can you imagine that, though? 40 home runs and 85 RBIs as a stat line. <laughs> well, then you look, well, look at the bottom end of the Braves lineup, though. You got guys that are going to get on base. So maybe, maybe that's. Maybe that's a little low. They have a 90 um, stolen bases. I think this is an interesting one. Keeping in mind the rule change we'll talk about here in a little bit. Exactly. In a so with, if that, at that average, uh, I would say 43, 44. I think he's going to be 40, 40 a year, man. I'm going a little Conseco on you. You know, I love it because 30 seconds ago, my man is like <laughs> lazy. <laughs> and now he's like, Jose Canseco, 40-40. I mean, there's been like five dudes of all time that have gone 40-40. I, I was more talking about defensively. Yeah. He's a little lazy. I, I agree with you. I think I think 40-40, he wanted it a couple years ago. I think it's in his wheelhouse. Well, you, you could see a, a scenario where there are three dudes that could be sniffing at 30-30. Mm-hmm. You know, you could, you could easily see Acuna, Harris, and Albies all right in that ballpark. That's some, that's some rare stuff right there. I think the – and we'll, I know we'll get to the base running stuff and the rules, but I think it's for Acuna in particular, I think he's going to be excited to be on the bases. Pitchers yeah. can only throw over twice. He is going to be on the move uh, much more frequently than he has Rolling. been. Yeah. I think he's also going to be inspired by Michael Harris putting up 30 stolen bases. <laughs> well said. Don't you agree? Well said. And, no, and, and, and by Albies putting up 30. He's like, I'm gonna, I can do that too, yep. young, young fella. They might be the same age. I have no idea, a year or two apart, but I think that's going to inspire him. Rosario, God, we loved him a couple years ago. How could you not? Last year, he had the eye issue. He just never never got going. I still have faith in him. I still think that he can be a big part of this team. If dude can hit 260 and play a reasonable left field, I'm in. Like, we don't have – you know, he's going to hit lower in the order. I don't have huge expectations. We just need consistency. And, you know, coming back, I've never had eye issues. I can't relate. But, I mean, that took him out, what, two months and to just drop him right back in there, I mean, what did we really expect that he was going to come back and be his October uh, self? Like, uh, his, no, his of course Babe, not. His Babe Ruth impression. Um, our bench guys, Casey, you know, the guys who, who we who making the team, it looks like Kevin Pillar and is it uh, Sam Hilliard? Yeah. What do we know about them? Uh, Hilliard's going to, you know, get you a couple pinch hit home runs this year. Um, don't know much about his defense. I think uh, – Pilar is, is, you know, Josh and I talked about earlier, uh, hard-nosed guy. He's going to play hard. Good uh, bench guy, good clubhouse guy, uh, you know, a rah-rah kind of guy. Uh, you need one of those. Um, but to back up for a second on, on Rosario, be, Josh, are you playing him versus lefties? My, my man's loving the lefty matchup thing over here. <laughs> you know, probably not. So you're putting in left. I mean, you've got Azuna as an option mm. there. Um, and then Pilar. Mm. I'm anxious to see the first left-hand pitcher against the Braves. We're going to see what the lineup is. Know, we're going to call Casey, Casey immediately. Casey's looking closely at that. Um, Just because the, the splits are glaring, though. I mean, with, with Ozzy and and, yeah, uh, and Rosario, I like Rosario. I mean, I, I was in the I was in the in the ballpark when he hit that uh, eighth inning home run against the Dodgers. Was it Bueller it was pitching when yeah. he when he hit the ball like right down the freaking line? And the, I mean, the place nearly fell down he, to use a Larry Munson expression. It was, it was just bananas, uh, and he was fired up. Everybody was fired up. I want to see a full year of Rosario healthy and 
playing as much as possible. I need the guy to prove to me that he can hit against lefties. True. And back to Pilar real quick. Tough as nails. I mean, we saw him get hit in the face two years ago, in three years ago by uh, by one of the Braves pitchers, and you know, back in the dugout the next night. Mm-hmm. Um, he not in terms of his style of play, but my hope is that it's kind of going to be like an Eric Hensky effect from about mm. a decade ago. Uh, I mean, that dude didn't put up great numbers, but man, was he an impact on that team. I love that you brought that name up because that's truthfully kind of where I was thinking. The Braves love having a player like that on their roster. Um, Pilar, I think, played on Team Israel for World Baseball Classic. So, you know, that, that, that's got my attention. Um, so, so good for him. But, you, Casey, you mentioned earlier, I mean, like the idea of a bench player, of a role player, in, in today's game, that role is kind of diminished. So you've got to have somebody like the Hermedia that, that, that gets the, you know, positive in the dugout, positive in the clubhouse, sure. gets them going. Like, that's got to be part of what these guys do. And they've got to be okay if they sit for a week straight. So who's going to have the pink swords? Something will come out. <laughs> right? I mean, they'll, they'll come up with something. It's gonna, I think we're going to score a lot of runs. Um, I think that it's going to be an exciting team to watch. Pitching, always the question. I think that we've got the top in the rotation looking pretty good. I think four um, four spots are kind of spoken for, right? You got yeah, Freed, you got Wright, you got Strider, Morton. By the way, did we mention Strider last year either? Do we know who Spencer Strider was 365 days ago? So I hope that when we come back in March of 2024, there's some name that we're like, do we mention him? Um, so go to, whoever wants to go on the list, but like talk about the starting rotation, what you're expecting from these, these guys. Well, I'll start overall. I love rankings. And, you know, starting in February, all these publications come out with their starting pitcher rankings and this, that, and the other. And everybody's got the Braves generally top seven, some top five. Uh, I love the staff as a whole. Uh, Max Freed, legitimate ace. You know, we'll, uh, I think he's handled, you know, he's had a ton of questions about the contracts and why he hasn't gotten one while everybody else is getting broken off. Uh, he's a pro. And I think he's going to pitch like that this season. And he's going to pitch himself into a gigantic contract with whatever he does after this. So at the top of the rotation between him and Strider, I, I love the start of it. I think Kyle Wright's shoulder is concerning. I mean, he got one spring training start so far. Uh, cortisone shot in January. He throws a lot of spinners. You know, you need your shoulder to be healthy when you, when you throw balls that move like, like he does. Uh, he was not effective in, in that one start. So you you kind of just want to ignore that because it's just one start. And we'll see what happens next week when he throws again. Um, he got tremendous run support last year. Not to take away from his 22 wins because he still had a, what, a 3-1 ERA, which is incredible for a, a guy that, that, that um, had not done much up to that point. So I think he's a question mark. Uh, 39-year-old Charlie Morton. Is a question mark, but his spin rate is still one of the best in in baseball. Uh, but can Charlie? I mean, I this this sounds derogatory, but can he bounce back this year? I guess is is my question because yeah. he was inconsistent last year. Um, seemed to walk more people than he did the year before. Um, just didn't look like he was as in command as he as he had been. You know, you can make numbers, sing and dance, and do whatever the hell you want. Sure. Um, but the, the metrics on him last year were kind of opposite as to what his results were, meaning that the spin rate, the, the swing and miss, all these things that Anthopolis' team just pours into to show like what kind of an effective pitcher is he is, like was re- still really, really good, almost better year over year than years before. Um, he's got a calming presence. He's seen it all, done it all. I think that he provides, not that Freed needs this, but he provides you know a good veteran mm-hmm, presence sure. in, 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 the, um, in the rotation. I think that between him and Wright, you can pencil them in for their 30 starts, which is huge in today's day and age, and pencil them in to eat up innings. Yeah. Um, and I think we're I think we're good. I think if Kyle Wright had a Kershaw or Aaron Nola or a Scherzer on the back of his jersey, you know what, we would have had a totally different oh, conversation sure. about his season last season. He was yeah. I think he was so underrated. He pitched so well. Uh, I don't care. I mean, pitch to contact when you got a defense behind you. Like I'm okay with somehow that. he finished. I want to say like nine or tenth in in Cy Young, which. It's the same treatment I feel like Austin Riley has been getting. Mm-hmm. He, Austin Riley has been a legitimate MVP candidate the last two years, period. Yep. And he just doesn't get that love because the name on the back of the jersey. But um, who is getting love is Strider. I mean, you want to talk about somebody that just took the league by storm. Um, he was must-see TV. Like, he was the guy that, like, when he was pitching, you were going to find a way to tune in. Quadzilla. Quadzilla. I mean, the strikeout rate is off the charts. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, that he's the. I was reading one thing on ESPN where that's the the betting line is if you're picking a strikeout leader for the major leagues, Spencer Strider. I mean, the dude throws essentially two pitches, two pitches, and just blows it past people. Um, got and it's just easy cheese too if you watch him deliver the ball. I love I love his delivery. Got to stay healthy. I, I think the he's topped out at like 130 innings over any season of his minor league or last year. Uh, he's obviously going to have to get well past that, uh, you know, in a full season in the majors. So we'll see if that happens. But I can't wait to watch him pitch. I think the fact that he's only a two pitch pitcher is a little bit. Um, con- I mean, it's concerning. I mean, you you hope he's learning a change up or something else. He can play off that fastball. Uh, these guys are major league hitters. Eventually, you know, what Chipper Jones said, you you could time a jet airplane. Uh, but his slider is is nasty. But you know. He's he's young. He'll pick up a third pitch. There's a lot written right now about him only having two pitches. I don't think it's a huge deal. I, I watched those two pitches. They're two of the nastiest <laughs> pitches of anybody. He can tell these dudes they're coming, and they don't have a chance. I mean, like, I, I've been fortunate, uh, humble brag, to sit in those delta seats when he's been pitching. And it's just, it's just different. Like, the difference between 97 and 10-whatever, like – there's a noticeable difference, oh, yeah. and that's what he has. And to your point, it's just easy. He just does it. And um, I, I think he's just going to get better and better and better. It's, it's, it's amazing. Now, the fifth spot is still kind of up in the air. Um, I think all of us keep thinking and hoping that Soroka comes back in some way, shape, or form. I know he pitched yesterday, pitched okay. okay. Um, are we to the point now where we're curious if he ever pitches in a major league game again, or do we think he's still young? I mean, where, where are we with Soroka? I think they're going to find a way to get him up. Uh, you know, whether he fits into the fifth spot in this rotation. I mean, it's a long season. I mean, if you look last year, how many guys do we have start? Eight, nine, ten, eleven. 10, 11? Right? Yeah, at some point. There's and more. so I fully expect yeah. to see him at some point. But they're going to baby him. I mean, he's been through so much in, in the way that the game is played now. Uh, they're going to completely take their time with him. But I do expect to see him up here. I think they're going to utilize that uh, – it's a it's a quasi sixth starter that they are really good at manipulating with off days and Gwinnett and all of a sudden you know you've, you've you're, you have a six man rotation without having six guys on the roster because of the way you you move people back and forth because they're gonna be like you mentioned Strider they're going to be cognizant of his innings and Kyle Wright too they're going to uh, you know make sure they they take care of these guys because. You want them good in good shape in, in September and October. Um, so I think it's probably Schuster, uh, just from what you, you read and see. But, you know, it could be Dodd. I mean, I think they're kind of neck and neck um, for that fifth spot. But uh, don't discount Soroka and, and Elder. And um, I, would, I, I wish I could say Ian Anderson, but he just looks like a completely oh different pitcher. And I it just – it's mind-boggling. Like, what what has happened, dude? So there's a lot to unpack there. You just hit <laughs> you just hit a lot of really good points. Yeah. Um, all of which worth are, are worth kind of going back through. Um, Schuster and Dodd. I don't know much about them. I know they're kind of our next two guys up. Mm-hmm. You know, young guys. Schuster, first round pick. I think I think Wake Forest. You know, top. You know, again, a, a huge pedigree. Um, Dodd, same thing. Both pitched pretty well in spring training. Hopefully, there's the guys that next year when we're doing this podcast. We say, God, can you believe how good of a year Schuster had or Dodd had? I don't know. Don't I don't know enough about them um, to see. But yeah, I think I think we will see them up. We'll have we'll see them making some starts. Ian Anderson, God, I love I love the guy. I mean, the World Series game. Um, you know, when he threw that damn no hitter for five or six innings against the Astros and. You know his postseason numbers are just sparkling. It's like you just you wonder how he is where he is now, um, and they want him to do well. They give him a chance to do well, but clearly him and Elder both like they don't see it for them right now. Can't throw strikes. Yeah, his walk rate, Ian's walk rate last year was was bad, and he just doesn't have a real out pitch. You know that, that's part of the problem. I mean, he's he really is a pitch to contact guy, um, and the guy. I mean, how many games did? He make it through the second inning last year. Right. Well, it change up is his pitch, right? And you know, that was always the discussion with um with the with the Braves of past is they didn't have the power pitchers, even when it was Maddox and Glav and those guys. It's kinda of like Ian Anderson. I mean, he he like you said, pitches a contact, but he was very successful as a young guy, so hopefully he can still find it. 
Yeah, that's, well, we'll see what happens. Um, going back to the other guys, though, I would I love the idea of another lefty. Yeah. In the rotation, so you get a Dada Schuster in there to complement with Max Freed, and I think it uh, definitely changes you know the way that uh, that the opponents are going to face him. Bullpen always always an area that requires an acid and. Pepto Bismol and everything, but that's every team. I mean, I think the Braves done a good job over the years of their bullpen, but it's just it's tough positions to fill. Um, we got a new closer who I guess we just got so. hurt today. Yeah, hope so. yeah. What happened to Iglesias? Uh, Lo- shoulder inflammation. Low grade. Low grade. So what, what does that mean? Shoulder inflammation. I think it's them being overly cautious. That's what I hope. Uh, I mean, it's not. What is it? The ten day IL that he's starting uh, on. They, they say he's not going to throw for seven days. So. Didn't the IL go back to 15 last year? Great question. I have no idea. I think it did. Went back to 15 last year. Who else is the bullpen should be looking out for? I think Mentor is probably your your new closer. Um, he has been kind of up and down with that the last five years when they've tried to use him there. Looked great one day, and then he'll walk four guys in a row the next day. So um, I think he's become way more consistent, though. He, you know, he's been well, down he's there for a while. He's not closing a game, yes. Yeah. But he, he the mental – Focus on, you know, closing a game out for him apparently is a, is an issue. I want the guy Don't to come in there tonight and like throw gas by everybody and and you know go wear his cowboy hat in an interview after the game. I'm That's, a huge mentor fan. Love the I guy. Too. You know, I feel like for 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 however many years now, it just seems like he's the one guy who you can count on coming out and doing his job. But you're right, he does have a little mental thing with with the ninth inning. Um, but he's ready. I mean, he's got. He's got all the experience in the world. Maybe he slides into it. Um, I will say that that not not living through a Kenley Jansen save this year is going <laughs> is going to save me some gray hair and save me some heartache. What are the um, rules going to do to him? That's a great question. Um, I don't know, but watching him close a base close out a baseball game is just is just tough. Where did he Where did he end up? Where did he sign? New England, God bless you. Enjoy him. Um, Jesse Chavez, he can make the team? We got, I we got sure him? hope so. Yeah, I, he is one of the, those guys you just root for. Yeah. Um, how about, how about uh, Matzik? Is he, is he back and healthy, or what's the, what's the story uh, with him? No. Tommy John. Yeah, he's out. He's still not back. He's out the whole year. year. I thought he missed most of last year. He did. He did. He had a shoulder problem. Two, so it's me two years. And then he had a Tommy John deal. Luke, ja- Luke Jackson's gone. So yeah, speedy that. recovery. So we're, we're so there's more names in. I'm that. actually going to miss Luke Jackson, by the way. What? Just throwing that out there. Huh? I got a soft spot in my heart for Luke Jackson I too. I got a soft spot for no, Luke. Uh, Kirby so, Yates, man. Kirby Yates. Yeah. Look, five years ago, he was with the Padres, one of the more dominant closers yeah. in baseball, uh, and he's just been banged up since then. But you know, he looked good towards the end of last year. He's had a full off season to to kind of get back on track. He may be that uh, the guy that's kind of flying under the radar. It's going to be your, your stud reliever. You'll have a little bit of a committee right now, uh, but one guy we have not mentioned is uh, Colin McHugh, and you know what he brings to this team. And it's you know he's one of those guys. It might be an inning. It might be two innings. It might be two plus. Yeah. Um, and I think with the starters, you know, the trend of them going only five to six. It's guys like that that are so valuable to either hold a lead sure. or keep the team in a game when they're behind. Yeah, no, for sure, and and they they shuttle these guys back and forth arms. I mean, you just can't you can't ever have enough. Um, so well, it'll, it'll it'll be fun to watch. All right, I think we all feel pretty bullish. Um, that's positive. Bullish, positive. Um, <laughs> on the Braves, that's the great thing about baseball is everybody starts zero and zero, and even Cubs fans can be optimistic. But you know, th- th- this team is set up to be successful. I looked up the runner for wins. It's pretty spicy. Um, 96.5 is the over-under that has been set by Vegas as of today on Braves wins. What say you? Over, man. It is 100% over 96.5 wins. I'll go over as well. Uh, Casey brought up a good point uh, before we got on uh, about the balanced schedule. And so you're not going to match up with the Phillies and the Mets as, as much as you would in, in past years. And, you know, frankly, as a Braves fan, I, I will have much more fun rooting for the games going over. It's hard to take that under. It's hard to take the under. No one, no one likes taking the under. We're, I'm going on, on record as the over, too. No one wants to bet against it. Um, to me, so Lawrence Kessler, who you guys know, we do a lot of college football talk. And he always talks about the sucker bet that jumps off the table that 
almost like forces the public to, to go the other way, which means the other way is going to win. This to me almost sounds like a sucker bet. Like that's a lot, a lot, a lot of wins. So it's almost forcing, you know, Vegas is almost like tempting you. So I'm just going over to, I mean, 101 team, the balance schedule, something that I had frankly had forgotten about. Um, so explain that we used to play each team in the division 19 times. It seemed like every Tuesday night we're playing the Marlins every, you know, just so now we're playing everybody. What an equal amount of times or close to you're playing your division opponents. Is it 12, 12 times. times. And then everybody outside of your division, including both leagues, excuse me, back up. You are playing national league teams home and away three or four games. You're playing American League teams, all of them, most excuse me, most of them, at either at home or on the road. You play the Red Sox home and away. So, for instance, uh, the Braves go to Kansas City this year. They don't play Kansas City at home. They play at home next year in Atlanta. So you're you're going to rotate every American League team every other year into your home stadium. Uh, but you also have that one constant, kind of like college football, uh, where you, you play the Red Sox home and away every year. Almost like your natural rival, like Georgia and Auburn. Like that's, that's always going to be on the list. Yeah. Um, I love that. So, so what you're telling me, Casey, is that we're going to play the Blue Jays this year, we're going to play the Yankees this year, we're going to play the Angels this year, we're going to play all of them. All of them. And my wife um, has – got the schedule out and she's trying to plan like fun road trips to go watch the Bravos play on the West coast or, uh, we, we've been a few of these places that she's been looking at, but, um, and happy birthday to her, by the way. Um, that's on the 24th, which is tomorrow. Happy birthday. happy birthday, Ashley. Yeah. So sounds like a good birthday gift to t- take her out to take her out to, to Anaheim and go see Otani and Trump. Oh my gosh. I mean, we've been looking at Seattle. Josh has been in Seattle, but she, she and I have not been. Um, Great place to watch it. Is it? Yeah. So th- I think that aspect that aspect of, of the balanced schedule is going to be fun for you know the, the the big fans like us that like to go and watch them play in other places. Um, you know, I've been. You've, we've all been to Chicago together and seen the Braves play there, and in and, and Boston, and um, you know, it's just it's fun to go other places. Um, so I like that aspect of the balance schedule. I'm gonna pull a get off my lawn moment. I don't. Oh, I, I love. Freaking I love gosh. the divisional rivalries. Like it's, you look at these matchups, and I can't remember if it's the Phillies or the Mets, but we don't see them after like August 15th, right? So we're closing the season out you know, against an AL team. Whereas last year, how much fun I was there. How much fun was it watching the Mets come in and get swept the second to last yeah. series of the year? So it had meaning. I, I love it. I love you, bro. I couldn't disagree with you more. <laughs> like I couldn't disagree with you more. It's Unless like the you, first you, thing you we can, disagree. You can on. tell me the sky is red. I'd still disagree with you more than that. I don't want to see the Marlins again every week. I don't want to see the Phillies every week, mainly because Trey Turner scares the hell out of me. I don't want to see him 99. True. But the idea of seeing some of these other players uh, appeals to me so much. Going to the games, watching them on TV. We'll talk about World Baseball Classic in a minute, but that watching Trout play consistently for you know a week or two weeks and watching Otani play, it made me almost sad that we haven't had that experience for a decade. Yeah, I can I have that. seen Mike Trout have five at bats live in his entire career and that's ridiculous um and so now we're going to play him every year i don't know how many years he has left but we're going to play him every year. he's going to come to atlanta um so yeah couldn't agree with you more man couldn't disagree with you more i, mean, I knew what you meant do you know though that if you look at the brave schedule half of their september games are against the marlins and the nationals well, that's, well, that's helpful. That's what, helpful. The way I think that we would solve what your problem is, and I hear what you're saying, is is backload those interdivision games yeah. so that we are having the Mets in the last three games. That series was amazing. amazing. Although I will say, looking back, I think that that series probably cost us a chance of a good run in the playoffs because exactly. that that seemed like that was our World Series, and we just kind of, you know, just kind of threw it all out then. Um, but, you know, whatever. All right, so we all think they're going to go over 96 wins, which means either win the division or be right close. Um, it's easier to make the playoffs now, you know. I think the Braves are going to make the playoffs. And then it's like every other year. It's like the Phillies of last year. It's the Braves of years ago. It's like who gets hot. So it's really an unfair question to even ask you guys, um, you know, what teams look out for, how can the Braves, you know, do. It's, it's really unfair. But 
if we want to limit our division or elsewhere, like what are some teams that you're looking at saying, okay, they got a, a roster that could cause some problems? Well, in the division, the Phillies and the Mets, obviously. I mean, the Mets have spent like $700 billion on their, uh, on their roster construction. Which, which team is more, is more scary for you? Ooh, good question. I'd, I'd actually probably say the Phillies. I would agree. Yeah. Minus Reese Hawkins, Hoskins. Who got injured today? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Josh said it earlier. Trey Turner, I think he completely changes the dynamic of their lineup. Um, they've got some good top end starting pitching uh, coming off a World Series season. And we remember what was that that was like, you know, the, the year before with the Braves. Mm-hmm. Like there's an excitement level and, and also there's an expectation. You know, their season turned, um, and I'm drawing a blank on the manager's name. Uh, but when Girardi got fired and Rob, uh, <clears throat> whatever his name is, came in, they were like 29 and 30, right? Yeah. I mean, if they start from the beginning, like they may have won the division last year. I mean, they got a really good squad. They get Harper back, you know, at some point, uh, you know, early to midseason. So they're going to be tough. They're going to be good. Mets are going to be tough. Diaz, sorry, man. Oh, that's for my Mets friends out there. I love you guys. I, I hate it for you. I hate it for you. That's a big loss. So, yeah, but they'll, they'll still be at the end. Dodgers, I mean, are they kind of a shell of themselves? Are they still have their guys or, or what? When you've got Mookie and Freeman, you've still got Kershaw. You've, uh, you know, they lost Bueller for the year with his injury. Uh, I, I think they're going to compete just like they always have. But they've got a, a little monster uh, that's been created. You know, Padres? A few, like 90 miles south. Uh, that team is stacked. They're stacked. They have 18 shortstops. It's a good problem you know, to have. Figuring out how to construct their – you want to have a fun podcast, get Nick Adams on here. Oh, my gosh, talking about Talking about how they're, they're going to go one through nine in their lineup. I mean, that's going to be – but they are they are stacked. The Padres were a fun team to kind of follow in the playoffs last year. Everybody likes the Padres. Like, who who doesn't like the San Diego Padres? No, nah, good point. I just don't love Machado. We got the one guy. We got the one. No, I liked him as a team. He just uh, – I don't know. Never have been a big fan. He got his money, too. All right, you mentioned the rule changes. Um, big rule changes, defensive shift, gone, banned, bigger bases, pitch clock, and we are talking about bounce schedule. Um, Josh, defensive shift, I want to hear what your thoughts are. As a former left-handed hitter, I love the ban. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm not in favor of more rules. Like, I, I don't generally want more things enforced. Uh, but I do think if we're looking at baseball from an entertainment value, it's a great decision. We're going to see what we were talking about, Matt Olson. I mean, guys like that, uh, other left-handed hitters that are, you know, are going to try to drive the ball through, I think that's good for baseball that, it, that it's going to go this way. Uh, I'm interested to see how teams cheat the rule, mm-hmm. right, and, and maybe position outfielders differently mm-hmm. uh, to create the same shift scenario. But I, I, I think it will be good for the sport. Yeah, the Red Sox are doing a little bit of that uh, two-man outfield. Uh, what, what, I mean – what are they doing? You, you more or less play with the left center fielder and the right center fielder, and you take your lesser of the three outfielders and you make them a um, short fielder, like in the old you know church softball leagues. You know, you had the short. They, they would be in that same four-five hole, not four-five hole, but between first and second base yep. for a for a lefty. For a lefty, and then if it's right-handed batter, you're probably playing them up the middle, and then you're moving your shortstop in the hole. And then how does baseball respond to that? I mean, because – There's no rule against it. Yeah. So, I, we'll see. Um, I'd be curious to see if they actually do that in a game because you want to leave all of center field wide open and leave that huge, you know, gap. If you had a Cunha and a Michael Harris, you could do it. Time will tell. I agree with you. I, I, the, the shift, I get it. Um, but nothing was more annoying than seeing a player just rip one up the middle, boom, right to oh, the yeah. shortstop, or, or Olsen hitting in the edge right there. Like – you know, people want to see offense. They want to see hits. They want to see runs. They don't want to see, you know, a, 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 a funky-looking defensive alignment. So, good. I, I thought that was a good decision. Bigger bases, um, that's also going to drive more offense. More stolen bases, more action, making it easier to, to get there. So, you all in favor of bigger bases as well? To me, either way. Like, I don't think it's going to hurt or help the game. I mean, you – it will make an impact because you see how many plays are so bang bang, right? Stolen bases yeah. as an example. I mean, those are a matter of inches on a lot of them. You know, the the league touts it as player safety uh, and, and giving them room to slide in. Sorry, through. man, but yeah. that's BS. Totally agree. I don't know that it's much of a factor. The um, bigger bases, it, it, we'll, we'll just have to see. You know, in my head, like I can't like how can that little bit of a of a 
increase make a big difference in a single game? I think that Josh is right. I mean, the amount of bang-bang plays where you see, especially on the steel, where yeah. you know, they get in by an eyelash, you know, or they're out by an eyelash. Now they're safe. Or, you know, so I, I do think it's going to be a big deal. It makes Sean Murphy's value that much more. Well, and I think the bigger rule change that will impact the stolen bases is the number of throws a pitcher can make to first. So sure. explain that. Explain how that works. So a pitcher can throw over twice. The third in, time. In bat. And the per, third time you, have, you to have to pick, pick him, him off. off. <laughs> so you better get him out. So I think one thing is it, there's going to be less throws to first because mm-hmm. nobody wants, oh, I can't do it again. So they're going to kind of save them. Um, and then once they get to two, I can't wait to see the way that teams play when they've made that second. Throw. Just take either massive leads or what are they going to do? I don't, yeah, I'm just looking forward to seeing because I, I hope it provides more action. I mean, uh, growing up in the era that we did, Stolen bases were huge. I mean, Ricky Henry called just go down plus. the list, man. And I think, I mean, to make a bold prediction, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if you trade Turner 70-plus steals this year. I love that. I mean, I hate looking at the statistics at the end of the year and seeing 28 stolen bases lead the league. Like, that's just terrible. The throwovers, God bless with that, that rule. I don't need to see it. How many times a year do they actually pick somebody off? Match free, pretty good at it. Well... But with to, the lefty. Your, to Josh's point, yeah, it is a it, it is a play for the next play. Yeah, is that and, all it is. And I understand they're trying to keep them close, and I get all that. But it just slows the game down. It's horrifically slow. So. You, know, you know, an exciting play you are going to see though is the the catcher pickoff throw behind a runner at first. That's going to become more of a thing. Yeah, that's a good call. I mean, they're going to they're figure out ways to keep the runners close. But with Murphy's arm, I can't wait to see that. That's an exciting part of the game for me. Like I look I look forward to seeing the ball come flying up behind the home plate. I'm know? excited for the pitch clock. Yeah. Um, I, I'm I like the cadence of baseball. I do. I do like the kind of the, the way it goes, but it can be just painfully slow. The video that really brought it home to me, and I'm sure y'all have seen it too. They compared. An, uh, an entire inning in spring training with a pitch clock, three outs, versus one pitch that was thrown in a situation last year where the guy threw over, stepped off, batter gets out of the box, he changes his gloves. Literally, they completed an entire inning, three outs, at the same time it took to throw one pitch. I love it. I love the rule change. And if you look at every other sport, I mean, think about tennis. Mm-hmm. They've got a pitch clock. Football, it's got a pitch clock. We got a shot clock in basketball. Mm-hmm. I mean, most everything else is timed. And when you look at the numbers from spring training, spring training last year games were like three hours, three minutes. Spring training this year, two hours, thirty-five minutes. And that's or, a it doesn't yeah. sound like much, but that's a big deal. And I think the pace is gonna be more fun to watch. I mean, baseball, unlike any other sport, I mean, you go to a football game or basketball game, there's not a lot of conversation. You go to a baseball game, and we could have this exact conversation While we're having right now on. as the right. game's going on. I don't, I don't think this rule change is going to impact that one bit. But if it means I get my kids home when I take them to the game <laughs> before 1130, I'm all in favor of any of that. It's a great point. The last time I was able to, on a school night, take my kids to the game and say till the end has been zero. Yeah. Because it's 11 o'clock when the game ends. If that becomes 10, 15 or 10, like it's that much more manageable. So I, I love the pitch clock. Um, I, I don't want to see a game like get like a, a swing on a big part of the game changed because of calling a strike or calling a ball. Like I think there needs to be maybe some amount of kind of discretion. Um, all that opens up other things. But like the way the Braves game ended that first game oh, in spring training, I'm like, I don't want that to happen. But That's if you see the stats, though, from minor league games that did this last year, it was it was a very similar trend to what we saw in spring training where early right. on. Uh, can, I think it was double A. Double A. So – they were, you know, the beginning of the season, it was like two violations per game to where at midseason, it was like a violation every other game. Mm. And so the pitchers will adapt. They'll adapt. They'll adapt. And, and so will the hitters. I mean, they got to get in that box. You know, it's going to be a little bit less of the, uh, you know, batting glove change in, uh, extra swings. But I think, it, I think it's a good thing. Speed it up. I like it too. Yep. No more couldn't handle this, could he? Ha! Scherzer, Scherzer, I watched him a few times in spring training. He's going to own this. He's got it already figured out. He'd get the ball, throw. I mean, it's going to be fun to watch guys like him just work. So uh, I'm for it. All right. Last thing I want to talk about um, World Baseball Classic. I enjoyed it more than I could even say. I enjoyed every game the U.S. played. I liked watching other teams play. I liked reading about it. Um, I'm all in on the World Baseball Classic. If you would ask, if we had had this podcast two and a half weeks ago, I'd have a completely different answer. Uh, but I agree wholeheartedly. It was so much fun to watch. Um, to see guys play for their country 
or their mother's country or their grandfather's, however they did yeah. all that stuff with the way these guys can get on these teams. It was awesome. And I think it gave some excitement to early season um, and, and, you know, and, and to get to the ending. I mean, could they have asked for a better way for this thing to end? I mean, that was, I think everybody I know was watching that. And four years ago, I don't think we would have said that. And I think getting something like that to create that buzz this year, when they do it again in four years, um, you know, th- that's what people are going to remember. I, I, I think it's a great thing. I like 95% of it. <laughs> All right. I mean, I don't. Well, what's the 5%? I, wait, I, know, I, I mean, the fact we didn't win. Like, like, we, didn't, we didn't win, so I understand that. No, because look at, look at the United States pitching staff. You, you, had, you had our stud pitchers that didn't want to participate because of the – Chance of injury, yeah, not being, not being, injury not being ready the, to throw off their programs, and I mean, I hate to say this, but there were guys that were throwing that I hadn't never heard of, and I think they need to either take a two week break in the middle of the season and do it every four years, or figure out a better way for um, the rules to allow pitchers to participate and and not. Um, Potentially hurt themselves because I think it put it put Mark DeRosa at a disadvantage with his with his pitching staff. It did, but they still made it to the final and almost I mean, won it. But, uh, you know, the, but Josh, you can't tell me if you throw Scherzer out there and or Verlander, or whoever, like we don't win that thing hands well, down. Well, I don't know. We only allowed three runs in the last game, so so pitching wasn't really why we lost. We we ran up against a team where we couldn't hit. But I hear what you're saying, and it, I don't know of a way around it. Um, the pitchers. It's harder for them. It's easier for the for the for the hitters to just gear up and play. Um, but it yeah, awesome, it was awesome. There there were there there were several pitchers. I'm like, like, <clears throat> up, like who the hell is this guy? Like right. where do we find this guy? Um, but to have that ending with Otani facing Trout, you, if you made that up, people always say like a movie that kind of stuff. Like be like, eh, that's cheesy. But like I don't know if I texted one of y'all, but like I saw this coming in the eighth inning. I'm like. This is going to be a possibility where Otani is going to be facing Trout Mm -hmm. with potentially either two outs or with somebody on, and it's exactly what happened. Um, And again, like getting a chance to see Otani. I mean, so that game was at 10.30 at night, I think it ended. My entire family was watching it. We have not done that as a a family of four since the Braves World Series games. Like meaning that my, my kids love baseball and we all watch sports, but like sitting there together like, focusing on a game like that's just not it was awesome like my, my, my kids are just doing other stuff and graham loves baseball but he was all in um so for me that i put that game up right with the braves world series game in terms of me, my my intensity watching it yeah it was it was super, fun. super fun stadium was rocking i mean people were into it like every game you watched there was an atmosphere you know it wasn't uh wasn't watching the the reds and the brewers play on a tuesday night you know and, and you can hear a I'm gonna butcher the numbers, but the percentage of households in Japan that watch this was, I mean, just stupid. Yeah. It, it, it was stupid how many people in Japan were tuned in, and and they deserve to win. I mean, they, they every, all the fundamentals, the bunts, the way they play defense, they're running from base to base, like they were all in, totally prepared, well coached, and good for them. Well, and as somebody who is in the baseball space now and seeing this stuff all the time, it was so interesting to see the other styles of play like the way the Japanese team played and watching their swings. You know, it's, it's very different than what we see, you know, in the major leagues. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think to have those two going at it in the finals was just such a clash of baseball styles. Uh, it was so much fun to watch. It was awesome. Yep. So I'm very proud of us guys because we drove to Nashville together, I think, last year. Mm-hmm. which is, what, three and a half hours? Mm-hmm. And we had the same conversation, and we talked for three and a half hours. <laughs> and I said, guys – Y'all got an hour. I got an hour. Like we got to do all this, so we're right at an hour. Um, we condense this pretty good, but yeah, mm-hmm. that trip was great. We just that was awesome. We can talk about this. You can talk about this stuff. That's why I like opening day. That's why I like the start of a season. The optimism, all of it. So, um, guys, appreciate this. It was yeah, a lot man. of fun. Thanks, man. Any any parting words you want to say about the season or about you know looking forward? We'll, we'll, uh, what World Series prediction? Is that what sure. You, is that what you want to? Just... I mean, <laughs> hey, like, you, you can do whatever you want. Um, you go first. Austin Riley, MVP. Write it down. You have a World Series prediction? Braves over Astros? I mean, I hadn't even thought about the American League. We'll go Braves uh, over Astros. Four Braves, games to two. Braves over Blue Jays, four games oh, to two. Oh, look at you. And I, I, I like the Riley MVP thing, man. I think that's a 
And I think Olsen's probably a top three MVP guy, too. The two, two guys in the, in the top three MVP. Braves over Blue Jays would be fun. Blue Jays are a fun team. Um, I don't want to see the Phillies there again. I don't want to see the Mets there again. I don't want to see the Dodgers there again. I want to see the Braves there or the Padres there. I mean, it's Braves way far ahead, but those, those are the two teams. American League, I don't know. I'm tired of the Astros. Um, Altuve's hurt. He's out for a couple of months, so maybe that puts them behind the eight ball. Mm-hmm. But uh, we'll see. But uh, in any event, we'll be watching. We'll be talking about it. And, uh, you know, good stuff, guys. So thank you all for listening. Take us, uh, you know, hold us, fact check us on these different predictions. Um, I hope Austin Riley, MVP, maybe Max Fried, Cy Young, Strider Cy Young. Be great. Let's roll with it. Let's roll with it. All right, guys. Thank you all for listening. As always, happy birthday, Ashley. And as always, keep chopping.